Asia-Pacific Currents. News and labour issues from the Asia-Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock. On Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents. This Saturday, the... I don't think that date is correct, the or is 27th, it? 27th. Uh, it is the, is yeah, it the 27th? I think so. I oh, think, just, yeah. I just keep keeping you on your toes, Pierre. That's right. That's right. It's the last Saturday of October. <laughs> you know, I've been doing this show a while and announcing the date every Saturday. I never get the date clear before I open my mouth. No, so. well, I mean, you do have some <laughs> issues with memory, haven't you, Giselle? But we'll get to that in a second. Oh, I think she's going to walk out. She's taken the, uh, the headphones off. No, um, no, no. I just any- had a technical issue with headphones. All right. Anyway, um, good morning, folks. My name is Pierre and did you say your name before? Can't uh, no, you cut me off rudely. I'm Giselle Hannah. We're taking you through to 9.30 this morning. This is, of course, Asia Pacific Currents um, on Community Radio 3CR. And Asia Pacific Currents is brought to you by... Who is it brought to you by, Pierre? I think Australia Asia Worker Links for the last think? 27 years. Did you want to get your facts right before you announced it? I, I tried to. I tried <laughs> to get my facts right. And those uh, contact numbers, oh, Giselle? I like to throw to you for that. Uh, if you do want to get in touch with us, you can find us on the web, all the w's.aawl.org.au. Um, you can email us at aawl at aawl.org.au. Of course, we're on Facebook and Twitter, so find us on those social media platforms um, because we do post news and current affairs from the Asia-Pacific region, um, uh, stuff that we don't get time to talk to you about on air every Saturday. And that uh, music interlude that you um, uh, heard um, bef- after Solidarity Breakfast, so thanks to the team at Solidarity Breakfast, was um, a song by Kate Vigo, Don't Explain. But um, we will have to explain why we don't actually have the our featured interview later. We'll just have to be, have a bit of a commentary, Giselle. But um, there was, I'm afraid, I have to say... This uh, is I have uh, to, Pierre's uh, attempt to humiliate me on air. Keep going, Pierre. That's all right, listeners. As I said to Giselle before the show, honesty is the better part of Vela. Actually, that, that, so, so <laughs> I, I didn't need advice, by the way, to be honest. In a, in a spirit of camaraderie, I actually had one job for today's show, one job for today's show, which was to organise the talent. And I walked into the station this morning and I thought, geez, I wonder what Pierre's organised for today. And then I remembered <laughs> that it was my job. And I admitted this to Pierre. I said, look, I have no excuse. I literally just forgot to do my job this week. And he's been hanging it on me ever since. That, that, that is an interesting um, uh, interpretation of the facts. But that's right, um, Giselle. We, we all make mistakes. So <laughs> that's right. But what that will mean is that uh, we were going to get a, a talent from the ACTU, which is Australian Confederation of Trade Unions, to talk about the really, really, really big uh, demonstration that happened on Tuesday here in Melbourne, where up to 150,000 workers march on the street. And we're really going to talk about um, what does that mean and where does the campaign go. And so, we're going to start by scrutinising that figure, I think. 
that's fine. We'll scrutinise that figure. So um, it looks like it's going to be a good uh, debate between us two, but that will be in the second half of the programme, won't it, now? I'm sure we can, we can give Pierre some Pierre literally just insight. rubbed his hands together when he said, it's going to be a good debate. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, listeners. Anyway, let's go to the news um, updates. We're going to kick off with a Global Day of Action to support workers in struggle. This is actually the Global Day of Action to stop the repression against trade unionists, and it's on the November on the 16th of November. It was initiated in 2014 as a joint project by a number of labour organisations in the Asia-Pacific region. The 16th of November is the anniversary of the massacre at Hacienda Luisita in the Philippines in 2004. The demands of the Global Day are to stop the killings of workers and unionists, to free our comrades in jail, um, to state that organising is not a crime, to stop the sexual violence against women workers to support unions as they save workers' lives and to state that unorganised workers are used as cheap labour and to demand a living wage for all. All workers and labour organisations can organise actions and events on this day in support of workers' rights um, and to call for the... um, end of repression against our brothers and sisters. So we're calling on people to march with us to free our comrades in jail and to stand together united around the work, uh, the working class across the world. Um, the event in Melbourne is going to be held on Friday the 16th of November at 5.30 at the 8-hour monument opposite Trades Hall. So see us there. No worries. And, um, of course, some of the stories we're going to bring you are about um, workers um, facing um, great hardship. But we go to uh, in Thailand where on a long-running dispute in December of last year, almost 2,000 workers employed by Mitsubishi Electric Company products of Thailand were locked out um, as an attempt by the company to break workers' organisation and momentum. By the end of January of this year, a new agreement was reached between the workers and the company, ending the original dispute. Now, one of the um, points of this um, uh, agreement was that it included an agreement to reinstate all the locked-out workers. Now, the company, though, started to pressure workers by process of interviews where they were asked about their attitudes and to disclose who the labour leaders were. In addition, the workers were forced to attend a four-day camp at a military base, and let's remember Thailand is in a military dictatorship, to learn discipline and order, uh, plus to undergo five days of training by an external human resources firm to reflect on their wrongdoing. Can you imagine, Giselle, five days? Um, to do plus to do one day of cleaning old people's home to earn merit and then an additional three days at a Buddhist temple. The um, workers were also made to post apologies to the company on the personal social media accounts. Now, the company um, just wasn't happy with all this because um, the company once again very recently refused <coughs> to reinstate the last 26 locked-out workers. Now, obviously, not surprising to our listeners, uh, this group of workers includes all the main organisers of the union at that company. That's extraordinary. Yes. It does explain why... Um we're not seeing, well, the union movement got crashed in Thailand. That's right. Gives you a sense of it. Um, we're moving now to Malaysia where scores of migrant workers have been killed. Last Saturday on the 20th of October, 14 workers were buried in a landslide that overwhelmed the construction site that they were working on in the town of Maya Terabong in the northern, uh, on the northern island of Penang. 
Three of the workers managed to dig themselves out, but 11 workers unfortunately were killed. All the workers that died were migrant workers from a number of different countries. The construction industry in Malaysia employs hundreds of thousands of migrant workers in what are low-paying, physically demanding jobs with long working days. Local labour activists had previously complained to authorities about the continued expansion of big residential towers into the hills and warned about the dangers of landslides. Um, A very um, tragic uh, news, but unfortunately it happens way too regularly. Um, And the next one's also a very tragic uh, news item. We go to the Philippines where in the late evening of Saturday, um, October 29, sugarcane workers were arrested inside a hut when they were murdered by a group of as yet unidentified gunmen. These killing happens at Hacienda Nene near Sagai City on the western side of Negros Island. All these workers had recently joined the Negros Federation of Sugar Workers, a union that was founded in 1971 out of uh, sugar workers' struggles in the preceding years. The uh, shootings happened on the first night of the uh, Bungalan activity, where farm workers occupy idle lands and collectively cultivate them to make them more productive. Unfortunately, this mass murder is not an isolated case. Since the coming to power of Duterte as president, there have been 13 separate recorded massacres in regional areas of the Philippines, claiming a total of 61 victims. No perpetrator has been brought to justice. And as you mentioned before, Giselle, um, Offair, uh, that goes on top of the 20,000 uh, people murdered in the so-called war on drugs. So um, really, um, what was it called in Cambodia? Them killing fields. It, it, uh, I mean, there. it is difficult to shield against desensitisation when we say these stories week after week after week. And the way that I try to think about it for myself is if that entire rally on... Um, Tuesday was massacred that is roughly what we're looking at depending on what you call the numbers of course that's right we're now looking at Korea where Korean workers continue to fight for secure jobs in a continuing campaign for secure jobs and sham employment arrangements the Korean Confederation of Trade Unions held another rally in central Seoul this week to demand the government implements a trade union and labor relations adjustment act Over 6,000 workers from a wide cross-section of the labour force, such as construction equipment operators, door-to-door delivery service workers, express delivery service workers, home visiting tutors, insurance salespersons, cargo truckers and chauffeur service drivers participated in the rally. Their demands were their right to form and join a union of their choice and for secure and transparent employment contracts. Um, And now we go to southern India, where in a continuing series of disputes that we have been providing updates on over the last uh, few weeks, last uh, Wednesday on the 24th of October, over 2,000 workers from the factories of Yamaha, Royal Enfield and MSI Automotive assembled in the industrial town of Oragadam, just on the outskirts of the southern city of Chennai. The workers were intending to march to the local government office to demand that government enforce court orders prohibiting the companies from employing strike breakers in the guise of trainees and contract workers. Unfortunately, the workers found themselves encircled by police, including a contingent of riot police in full gear. They were forcibly marshaled into a service line and blocked from marching. 
While this event shows the determination and organisation of workers who have been out on strike for weeks, it also shows the fear by the local government that such a strike could galvanise other workers to take similar actions. And I thought we'd finish today with a a little um, victory. That's good to hear. Um, Of course, it's a strategy that I've consistently said I disagree with, but I did think we should... uh, have a, a bit of a victory at the end. Sometime even your your best judgments sometime are not correct. I know it's a, it's tough to No, understand. no, my analysis of the strategy is still correct. It just happened to pay off, and that is hunger strikes, and this relates to Mumbai airport workers. Earlier this month, 800 workers of the Kambata Aviation Private Limited company started an indefinite hunger strike at Mumbai's Chhatrapati Shivaji International Airport, demanding payment of the wages that they were owed. These workers were part of a larger group, around 2,000 workers, who had been employed by Mumbai International Airport through a contractor, which is the CAPO, which is that company I just read out before. This company had declared bankruptcy in mid-2016 but had refused to pay workers the wages and payments that they were entitled to for the last few months of employment. After five days of hunger strike, the state government of Maharashtra intervened and ordered that the Mumbai International Airport Authority pay workers their dues. In addition, the state government will settle any outstanding amount owing to the workers and will take actions against the CAPL, which is the subcontractor. Congratulations to those workers. That's right. And we've managed to finish on a tiny little good story. Do you think the hunger strikes would work uh, here, Giselle? We don't really have them in Australia. No, I don't think hunger strikes work because I don't think the bosses care about our health and safety, period, and... If we are starving ourselves, depending on how big the unemployed workers' army is, we're just replaceable. I don't think it's a strategy that attacks the bosses where they hurt. All right. Thank you for that. Um, um, what, what is it called? That, that opinion opinion piece. No, it's called an analysis, Pierre. <laughs> it's called an analysis. All right. We'll go to a uh, short uh, committee announcement and then we'll be back with further analysis of the big trade union demonstration on Tuesday and where to from here. I can hardly wait. 3CR will be broadcasting live from the steps of the Victorian Parliament House in support of Defend and Extend Public Housing's 10-day vigil. Public housing, everybody's business. Join the Anarchist World this week at Parliament House, 10am to 11am, on two Wednesdays, the 14th and 21st of November. And yes, there is more. Also join Talk Back With Attitude at Parliament House, 10 to 11am, Thursday the 15th, and the 22nd of November. Make public housing a significant issue for the forthcoming state election. Join us for these live broadcasts on the steps of the Victorian Parliament House. The 2018 Autonomy and Resistance Gathering 
a three-day conference on Indigenous and grassroots struggles across Latin America, Asia-Pacific and beyond. Topics include decolonisation, land defence from multinationals, autonomy and self-determination, prisons and criminalisation, visions for development beyond neoliberal capitalism, colonialism and patriarchy. Speakers including Christy Lee Horsewood from the Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance, Mariki Onis from the Jafarong Embassy, Bazak Gel, Kurdish activist from the Kurdish Democratic Community Centre and much more. November 2nd, 3rd and 4th at Trades Hall in Melbourne, Nam. For more information, look up Autonomy and Resistance Gathering 2018 on Facebook. Proud 3CR supporter. It's uh, just ticked over to 17 past 9 o'clock here on Asia Pacific Currents on your favourite community radio station, 3CR Radio. And, of course, uh, um, Asia Pacific Currents is brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links every week for the last 27 years, bringing workers in the Asia Pacific together and closer together. And uh, Giselle, I actually think you've forgotten got to um, ring up a talent because you actually wanted to speak more on air. You were desperate. You said, how am I going to do it? How am I going to say, I'll just say to Pierre that I forgot to actually contact yeah, talent. And that's so what I'm known for. I'm sure he'll say we can talk about that it because that's what he says. That's right. So you actually manipulated. So over to you, Giselle. You've got what you wanted. Some more um, <laughs> This airtime. is outrageous. You're outrageous. Um, I do – there are there are quite a few pieces of this that I think we need to talk about. Um, so I'm, I'm going to flag them and then we'll look at them. So one is a change of focus. So this was actually not called um, – we changed the rules rally. This was called uh, Australia Needs a Pay Rise Rally. Um, why the focus? And you'll notice that the focus didn't stick because everybody um, has, I mean, the branding exercise of Change the Rules has been very, very successful. So despite the fact that this was called Australia Needs a Pay Rise, everyone's calling it a Change of Rules Rally. That's the first thing. The second thing is the overinflation of the numbers. Like, but by more than 50%, I, I, I'm, would like to talk about why, but also I'm very critical of that. I mean, this is outright lying to workers about um, workers' strength and numbers on the street. And and to what end? To what end is the question in relation to that? And also a demonstration of 50, I I would put the numbers of 50 to 55,000. The police put it at 45,000. The media picked up whatever was said on the platform and what the platform said was 150 to 170,000. I mean, that is an extraordinary inflation. Why? Um, and then uh, an analysis of where to from here because uh, the Premier made a, an appearance at this. It looked like the whole thing was built around his appearance. Um, why? What... For for what purpose is the entire Victorian Labor movement being mobilised to re-elect a state Labor government given the state government has very little oversight of industrial relations law? So what is the purpose of this? Look, I think um, what was your original um, question uh, about why it changed the title, I think actually will probably encapsulate um, from what you've asked, like the question you want to put through, uh, sort of um, qu- uh, answers a lot of it because um, workers change the rules is really, well, 
there's two things you can you can see it as we've talked about it before. You can either look at it as like the government changes the rules, <coughs> or the workers organise and effectively change the rules by the forces on the ground. But also a pay rise, given um, how the whole pay uh, issue is in Australia in terms that of um, I mean pay rises only happen through the yearly CPI increases. The reality is that changing the rules is probably going to be one of the least effective ways to um, uh, increase wages. So that whole um, uh, we need a, a pay rise actually shifts the focus to an organizing industrial strategy, and which I think is actually the answer of your to your questions. Well, it's so we've been having these de- discussions in Workers Solidarity. For those of you who don't know, um, Workers Solidarity is a um, rank and file and organiser level, and there's some leadership of the union movement involved in the creation and establishment of this space. But it is um, a network um, that is somewhat left flank, I would say, to the union movement, um, and its objectives are to provide industrial picket line support for unions in struggle. It is to, well, support change the rules. Nobody's out to break that campaign. We support it. Um, but also to to look at what goes beyond it. So um, that network of people have been meeting. And one of the discussions that has arisen there that I think is worth, and it links to what you were saying, is it change the rules? Yes, you're right. Is an indu- is a electorally focused campaign? It says that you know if you were going to use a Marxist analysis, basically what it's trying to say is the governments as agents of the capitalists. If we pressure the government as agents of the capitalists, the government can regulate the capitalists. But there's a more effective way to harness workers' power which is for workers to directly fight against the bosses, against the capitalists who who will either capitulate or smash us more or collude with government more to oppress us more. But then it is a clear class battle um, and the balance of forces wins and that that in turn changes policy, which is what you were saying the, With a slightly Marxist analysis. Yeah, yeah that's Pierre. right. And of course, Workers Solidarity is having a conference on the 1st of December, but there'll be more uh, news coming up in the next few weeks. Um, but yes, and I think what you've, but what you've said, Giselle, entails that people don't necessarily have a... I totally agree what you said about the Marxist analysis. And I actually would actually say that you don't necessarily have to have a to be a Marxist to actually have a understanding of class struggle. And I think the underpinning of the change the rules campaign, and I don't think this be um, what I'm saying is going to be very radical, or is that it doesn't have a class struggle underpinning on it. Um, and, and so it doesn't see the fact that um, workers' organisation the stronger we are organised, the better we are to withstand the attacks, regardless of what government it is. Because take <clears throat> take a bit of a theoretical um, uh, point of view or, or scenario. Say there's this great government that comes up for some reasons, decides to do pro-government, increase wages and whatever. 
But if the workers are not organised and hardly anyone's in union or non-organised and then the government changes, then the government, the next government will be able to change the rules very quickly and the workers will go backwards incredibly fast. So I think that, I think you're right and I think we need to um, organise workers and I think part of the problem of the campaign is that even though um, it's talked about we need to campaign and we need to, I'm not too sure if, even if organising and the role of unions is important, I think that all that is not fleshed out. Yeah, I agree. I want to move on though because yep. we're, we're just in the final five minutes of the discussion. Why the overinflation of figures? Now, firstly, which story do you buy is what I want to directly ask you, Pierre, seeing as though on AAWL social media you've announced 150,000. <clears> I wish we could have taken a vote on that, but we've delegated this task to you. So You could have edited it. <laughs> I could have. But you accuse me of suppression too often, so... I, I, I find that uh, unbelievable here. I think she's, I think she's uh, Giselle's feeling really under pressure because she <laughs> forgot to um, contact any talent this this um, week. But you know that's all right. We all make mistakes. Keep going. Yes, why yes, did yes. you? Why did you? Why did you publish right. one hundred and fifty thousand? And what do you believe was the number? Um, look, I was actually interviewed uh, during the rally. Uh, and I actually said that the numbers were above 50,000, but I couldn't tell how much more there were. Um, I don't think there were 150,000, uh, but I never had a very good look, so I couldn't really tell. Um, it was interesting that a lot of the news, uh, the media, either said tens of thousands or they said 150. Um, I was a bit surprised at that because usually some of the media... Uh, could not be used as friendly. Um, and I would say um, the use of possibly overinflated numbers is part of the strategy, which is seen as a PR um, strategy, it's seen as a campaign and not an organisational strategy. Because if it's an organisational strategy, the numbers are not necessarily the, the key point. It's actually who goes there, why, and what do you do, and what happens before and after. So I think, I think it's part of um, some of the uh, question marks or criticisms that people have about the um, work um, change the rules campaign. Is that basically what do we do after the elections? Mm. Um. And I think the ACTU has a, a very um, plausible answer to that in the listening ears of most people. But I think if it is interrogated, it, it falls apart. So the ACTU's response is, well, we're going to hold them to account. And I think they mean it. I think Sally McManus, Michelle O'Neill, I think our comrades at um, VTHC really genuinely mean that they will hold government to account. But my issue is... What is what with what leverage after they're elected? Because it's not like we're going to suddenly campaign for the election of a Liberal Party. But when everything is electorally focused, the only accountability is to harm them, the government, at the election, in the election box or the in the ballot box. So 
we don't have that leverage because we're not voting Liberal regardless. So what is the accountability mechanism when this falls through, given we've pissed workers' power away by focusing it on the election? Here's why I think those numbers, why you can say those numbers and barely blink is because it doesn't matter. See, if actually what you were talking about was power on the street and power against the state, then those numbers are accurate. If you've got an army of 50,000 versus an army of 150,000, that is very different to your prospects of winning. But that is not how our comrades view the Labor movement. They view them as an election campaigning machine. So... Well, and, I think and, it doesn't matter for them, whereas it does for us. Yeah, and I think, well, that comes back to then um, what is to be done. Um, you got one minute. Lennon didn't do it in a minute. I, um, let's see how you go. Look, it's, it's, it's the simple answer, which is really, really hard to put it on the ground, that we've got to organise on the ground, but not just organise workers. We have to have an aim, we have to have objectives, we have to have strategies, and we have to have organisation and linking uh, also um, uh, activists within uh, different unions because often the way that unions are structured, you operate and organise just within your union and not necessarily outside. So that's the key to go forward. So we need we need the spaces. And did I mention about the Work Solidarity Conference? You, you should mention <laughs> it again, but you've gone over time. Um, it's no. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. We've got to go. <laughs> yes, we All do. Right. Sorry about that. So um, Work Solidarity Conference, 1st of December, coming up. More news um, very soon. Anyway, you've been listening to Asia Pacific Currents, brought to you every week by Australia Asia Worker. Links, listen to 3CR Radio. That's all. We'll be back next week. My name is Pierre Morrow. Giselle Hannah. And stay listening to 3CR because so, um, Palestine, remember, is coming up uh, soon. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.